Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, welcome back to the Late Show News Talk 830-WCCO. We're still going to be giving away a four-pack of tickets to see the Wolves face the Boston Celtics because somebody won, and they said, you know what? Um, I kind of want to donate the tickets. So they kind of passed on the tickets. They know kind of they did. So we'll throw those tickets back in, and we'll play another sounder here at some point. But joining us now on the John Schuster Call Banker Hotline, we haven't talked to him in a few months, at least probably the last time we talked was last summer. But he is our go-to guy when we're talking about all things MMA, host of UFC Fight Pass, and play-by-play extraordinaire, T.J. DeSantis, he joins us now here on the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. T.J., you're out in L.A., my man, driving around. What, what, what you driving around on, the 405, or where are you going? I'm actually in Orange County, so I'm uh, on the 91 freeway right now. And I'll have you know that I turned off my heater because it's freezing in Orange County, which is 58 degrees. And uh, I know it's not freezing in Minneapolis right now. It's 33 degrees. At least that's what my phone tells me. But uh, <laughs> freezing for you in my car uh, without the heater on so you can hear me better. I'm going to start calling you Paul Douglas, man, the next time you come on the show next time. But how you been, my friend, man? Yes, It's been a while since we chatted. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a, a minute, as the kids say. Uh, you know, I, I'll be an amateur meteorologist. Uh, Midwesterners, we just talk about weather. I don't get the, the type of feedback or response I want to out here in Southern California when I bring up the weather, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the weather. Well, last weekend, man, uh, talking some MMA with you here, UFC, there were some some fights that everybody was attracted to. There were some big names that were part of the card. And, and we got to start with the obvious name, the return of John Jones and him, uh, hey, you know, winning a heavyweight title within the first round. Uh, what did you make of the return of John Jones? And what are, what are the prospects you think of John Jones here for the next coming year? It's interesting because the way the fight went, we really didn't get to learn a lot about John, uh, you know, competing as a heavyweight. It, it happened in, you know, 60 or, or two minutes and five seconds, something like that, uh, where you get this uh, guillotine on, on Surreal Gone. You know, I was excited to see John return. I think John's the, the greatest of all time. Uh, anybody that says otherwise, I think, puts a little bit too much stock into uh, his personal life uh, outside of the octagon. I will give him... Uh, the point of contention of PEDs, John, is, you know, uh, unfortunately being clouded by, uh, you know, performance-enhancing uh, suspensions uh, in, in his past. For me, I don't really consider much else other than testing clean for fights and how you did in those fights. And John has been flawless in, in pretty much every single uh, fight. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he, he adds to his lore and his legacy. He, uh, you know, calls out Stipe Miocic, the best statistical heavyweight uh, in UFC history, and it looks like they're going to try to put the, that fight together uh, in July, and, uh, you know, I, I guess one good thing for John, though, like I said, is 
Stipe also doesn't really know what to expect from John Jones because he went out there and, and took care of business in a way where, you know, my biggest question was, can John get hit by heavyweights? I thought Surreal Gone was going to answer that question. Uh, looks like Stipe Miocic is going to have to try to answer that question. So it's the ultimate win-win for John Jones. Not only does he win and he get the title and all that, but he has everybody guessing because he didn't give enough, I guess, uh, you know, tape or, or footage or, or do enough in the fight to where people are like, okay, this is his angle. This is what he can do well. This is what he cannot do well. These are his strengths. These are his weaknesses. You may have some of those assessments about John Jones, but it's different at heavyweight. And like you said, he was only in there for less than two minutes. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look great in his last, you know, three or four fights uh, in the light heavyweight division. He was getting hit. He looked slower. Uh, you know, I was curious to see if, you know, there was an extra pep in his step not having to cut weight. Uh, you know, if he, you know, re- responded better somehow, which is usually pretty rare if you respond better by getting hit by, you know, heavier guys. But uh, John's a, a freak athlete. He does things that other athletes can't do. And, you know, uh, going out there and performing the way he did uh, in his heavyweight debut is something to add to that list because more often than not, we see uh, people not only struggle, uh, you know, moving away class, but also struggle after taking three and a half years away uh, for mixed martial arts competition. John didn't do any of that. Yeah, we're talking to play-by-play extraordinaire as well as host of UFC Fight Pass, TJ DeSantis. He's joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO, talking a little MMA here on The Good Neighbor. Now, one of the things that totally caught me off guard uh, was the uh, the loss by Valentina uh, Shevchenko. Uh, what happened in her fight? Um, I guess tell me a little bit about her opponent who I had never seen fight before, but I've, I've met Val- Valentina a couple of times in Kansas City, most notably at the uh, the Kansas Speedway, and uh, we got along quite fine. She was she was awesome. I just kind of love her personality. Uh, she loves the uh, the fight game. But what happened to her on Saturday? Yeah, so she ran into a very tough Alexa Grasso. Uh, I'm very familiar with Alexa. I called her fights in Invicta prior to going to the UFC. Uh, parentally, she's been a, a straw weight fighting at 115 pounds. Uh, she moved up after running into uh, you know, some, some tough competition there at 115. Moved up to 125 and has done well there. Was you know undefeated in that weight class moving into this fight against Valentina, uh, having fought there four times. Uh, this fifth fight... I mean, I was, you know, despite being close to Alexa earlier in her career, I I was of the mindset that everyone else was that this was going to be too much for her, that she wasn't ready for, uh, you know, the the athlete and and fighter that Valentina Shevchenko is. But, you know, Valentina, you know, going back to her last performance against Tyla Santos, she earned a split decision victory where she didn't look, you know, her most dominant self. Uh, and, And, you know, she was doing well in this fight with Alexa Grasso. I had her up. Uh, three rounds, you know, in, in that fight going into the, the fourth. And I, I thought that, you know, she was primed to take over and, and defend her title, but she made one little mistake. And Alexa Grasso, you know, being the, the first woman now, uh, you know, Mexican-born to become a UFC champion, that's a great time for MMA in Mexico, by the way, three Mexican UFC champions right now. But for, for Alexa Grasso, a lot is made up about her, you know, boxing and her Mexican-style boxing. But I actually think that she's a better ground player. She's a better submission fighter than she is a boxer. I think she can finish athletes, you know, on the floor a lot 
you know, quicker than she can uh, on the feet. And we saw that with, with Valentina. She went for a spitting uh, body kick, and, uh, you know, Alexa, who drilled this back take repeatedly, there's footage of her drilling uh, this back take inside of T-Mobile on Saturday night before the bout, did exactly what she drilled, took the back, got a rear naked choke, got her hand raised, now the flyweight champ. You know, one of the things that I just love about you, TJ, because you, you're, you know, one of the best in man you you have your finger on the pulse of of all the fighters um is that you have a great eye a great eye for talent and those that are up what i would like for you to do because i do this to you from time to time i do this at least once a year is i put you on the spot and i say give me the name or two names of people that of fighters that nobody knows anything about really right now, but who you see some stardom or a bright future coming up here in the next year or so. Is there anybody out there? Because I know that you're always searching, you're always watching fights. Is there anybody out there that you think that the general public should know? Uh, I mean, this is a cop-out answer because I think everyone knows who this guy is, but I, I do believe the hype is real, and that is Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, you know, he, he's one of the stars of the UFC, but at the same time, uh, I firmly believe that there are some questions regarding, you know, his ability to compete, you know, at, at the top. He just beat uh, the number one ranked contender, previously number one ranked contender, in uh, Piotr Jan, who's a former champion. But, you know, he did so uh, sort of by the skin of his teeth. It was a somewhat controversial decision. Uh, but I, I firmly believe that Sean O'Malley, if you're not believing the hype of the Sugar Show, uh, get on board because th- this kid might be a UFC champion before too long. He's got a tough opponent if he's going to fight the champion and, and Aljamain Sterling, who I love to death inside and outside of the octagon. But uh, I really do believe that, that Sean O'Malley is a lot more of the real deal than maybe some of the uh, uh, hardcore fans who are sort of begrudging him because he's this sort of new school superstar uh, are willing to believe. I mean, you guys are just, man, putting together some really good uh, cards to some really big names coming up here in the month of in the month of March, man. I mean, you, you guys got Leon Edwards uh, and you know Usman coming up. I think uh, Justin Gaethje is is going to be fighting again. So you guys got a lot going on, man. I, I know that I typically I really get warmed up to it in the in the spring and summer, but uh, here in the uh, the month of of March, man. I mean, it's March Madness. It's not not just about basketball, right? Yeah, I mean, there might be a lot of madness in March, but there's madness every month in uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, you, you mentioned that uh, Usman and Edwards 2 card, like I, I, our 3 card, uh, it's the, the rubber match in, in their trilogy. I can't wait for that one. Uh, you know, a lot of unfinished business there for, for Kamara Usman, who was flawless before really dropping his uh, belt in, in the final moment. Uh, you know, I think he lost with 56 seconds left against uh, Edwards to drop that belt. Uh, Gaethje is always must-see TV. And, uh, yeah, man, the UFC is just amazing at putting together cards week after week. And that's the thing. Like, we talk a lot about these pay-per-views, like, but, you know, this is a promotion that, you know, puts together something like 45 cards uh, a year. Like, I don't get any Saturdays off. And uh, when I'm not, you know, watching the fights for Fight Pass uh, for the UFC, uh, I'm generally calling some regional bouts. Like, I'm, I'm shipping out to Boston this week to call some boxing uh, as uh, Dana White sort of, uh, top sponsored boxer that he's behind. Callum Walsh is, is fighting in Boston. Uh, he's an Irishman the night before St. Patrick's Day. That's going to be crazy. Like, combat sports just rules my life. And, you know, honestly, it, it should rule everyone else's, too, because it, it's that much fun. It's that much fun. Yeah. 
TJ DeSantis. Give him a follow on Twitter. His handle is simple enough, at TJ DeSantis. He has just joined us here on The Lake Show on the Good Neighbor News Talk 830-WCCO. Hey, TJ, man, always a pleasure to talk MMA with you here on The Good Neighbor, and I know that the people in Minnesota are always happy to hear your voice. I love the people of Minnesota. Like, what? Like, try to give away Timberwolf tickets, and then they don't even take them? If that's not Minnesota nice, like, I don't know what is. <laughs> hey, take care, my friend. Thanks, Lake. All right, take care. That's TJ DeSantis joining us, host of UFC Fight Pass. And he just, man, he does so many different things. He does play-by-play. He does podcasts. He does it all. All right, so we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back. And reminder, because TJ just brought it up, yes, we will be giving away that four-pack of tickets. Be caller number three when you hear the Wolves howl, 651-461-9226. Uh, coming up next, though, we'll talk about a Minnesota Viking who's doing great. All right, thanks again to TJ DeSantis for being on the show. Uh, thanks to KJ Osborne for being not just a, a really good wideout for the Minnesota Vikings, but just a great human being. Um, the world can always be a much better place when you have great people amongst us that care about others, that are looking out for others, that loves their fellow man. This out of KXAN in Austin, Texas. NFL player K.J. Osborne helps rescue man from burning car in Austin. K.J. Osborne, a wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings, and three other people got the driver out of the wrecked car with flames pouring from the hood. After it hit a pillar around 2.30 a.m. on Monday, Osborne was in a ride share when his driver saw the car crash. He posted pictures of the wrecked car and everyone who helped get the man out of the car. This is the quote, or this is actually what Osborne tweeted. Most of the time, the saying goes, wrong place, wrong time. But this time, I believe God and me, at the right time, at the exact right time, right at the right place, rather, at the exact right time. So as the story goes, um, an individual um, got into a car crash. Um, Osborne said it was a situation I never imagined being in in a million years. Um, He said that to the Adam Schefter podcast. He says, when we went up to the car and I was thinking, like, this car could blow up at any second and it could all be over. My driver went up to the car to see if the guy was alive. Because I think that what was happening at this moment was um, KJ was in an Uber. And when this accident happened, I guess him and his Uber driver and some other people went over to try to go rescue this uh, this gentleman. He says, after everything, the police said we wouldn't have been able to get out uh, get uh, out of the get him out of the vehicle without our help. We began to talk to him and try to get him out, and he was able to muster some strength to move, and that's when we got him out. Uh, the man did suffer some injuries, not considered life-threatening, and by the time the officers arrived at the scene, um, had already been removed from the vehicle. Um, and this is this is what so we, we we talk about divine intervention and all that other stuff, whatever. Whether you want to believe it or not, Osborne said he missed the first ride that he called which led him to calling the ride that ended up taking him to the crash 
to the scene of the crash. He says, that was the craziest experience of my life. Look, we, we can sit here. If, first off, I applaud K.J. Osborne, and not only K.J., because I know everybody's talking about him, but the other people that were assisting him. Um, situation. But it, it takes courage to to step up and say, you know, let, let's go help somebody in their time of need. In a situation like that where a car is on fire. Now, I think a lot of us say, okay, well, that's awesome that that happened. I, I would have done that. It's, it's easier said than done. When a, when you see a car, a vehicle on fire, I don't think that everybody is going to uh, to go ahead and just jump and do that. But props to him. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared. The Uber driver wasn't afraid, wasn't scared, and the other individuals um, weren't as well. What, what did you make of that story, Chris? It was absolutely amazing when I when I well when I first heard it it's like you know NFL star helped save a, you know a, a man from a burning car I'm like you know that's pretty cool and then it, I heard the word Viking and I'm like what that's like KJ Osborne I'm like those are the guys I want on my football team like the the guys that will legitimately go out there and and help somebody it's you know, it's kind of like the Nelson Aguilar, you know, from a few years ago, right, when uh, he was in Philadelphia and, you know, he was helping somebody get out of a, a burning building. But th- this just shows that there is good in the world. And this is a great representation, albeit, you know, maybe it, you know, it isn't what, you know, had been intended, but this is a really good indication of the sort of player and, and the sort of guy that KJ Osborne is. Because, yeah, we could all say, you know what? Yeah, I would do the same thing. It's, it's just to do it in the moment. That is the ultimate in selflessness. Yeah, it is. And that's why whenever people do stuff like this and they go out of their way, I applaud them. And I don't care if you're a superstar athlete or if you're just the average person like you and I. Like, that that means something. Like, to have a heart, to care about somebody else's life, to want to be able to try to help somebody get out of a very difficult and um, and, and dangerous and, and potentially potentially Deadly. tragic situation yeah. that that makes yeah that makes that makes the world a difference man it, it, it really does it, it, it JJ does. just seems like this just seems like who he is anyway right like like there's a lot of people that we see and you're like okay that person seems like they're always into themselves KJ Osborne he seems like a real dude like a very genuinely nice nice guy yeah and that's that that's what you want like those are the people that you you cheer for you want to see good people have good things happen to them because we hear about all of these negative things with sports and especially the Vikings over the course of history you know so many things you know negative connotations but to have this happen like in the spur of the moment and realize that you know hey he's an NFL football player like he's putting his body on the line i mean something could happen to him that could end his career like but at that moment he didn't he didn't think about that and, and those are the sort of people that you really want to root for because i mean that could have turned out badly for several people yeah and the and the other thing is people need to understand that 
some of these situations end up being extremely tragic. It, it doesn't always work out like this. Like this is something that I think that everybody around the country, NFL Network, ESPN, it's a great story, right? Because everybody it ends up being a great a, a, a great situation because everybody ends up alive and well and everybody's okay. Doesn't always work out that way. No, it, just it, go it, ahead it, it and, I, and, I, and I'm glad that Jimmy Erickson brought this up earlier this morning. But Joe Delaney from the Kansas City Chiefs, running back. Yes. When those little kids were were drowning in the water and he jumped in to save them and Joe Delaney, stud running back for the Chiefs, ended up dying mm-hmm. and drowning. That so so it's not always a situation. Heck, we just had um Peyton Hillis. Now he lived, but remember his kids got in trouble in the water and then he went in to save them. Yes, and that it, it shows that no matter all the garbage and the toxicity that we see around the world, like there are legitimately good people out there, and I'm glad that this was one of those things that was maybe brought to the forefront. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm happy for KJ man. Uh, it's already been a great off season for KJ Osborne. And by the way, KJ Osborne, I don't care what anybody says, he's the number two wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings at this point. I yes. mean, Justin Jefferson, we know he's the number one. Adam Thielen, is he going to be back or not? I mean, we'll get some clarification on that here, you would think, sooner than later. But KJ had a really, really – he took steps forward. When we talk about people taking steps forward, he absolutely took a step forward. Well, especially later, uh, me, in, the, yeah, especially later in the year when he had some monster games. Yep. All right, let me give a congratulations to Julie Johnson. And Chanhassen, she won the uh, the Wolves ticket, so Julie Johnson will be supporting the Wolves. I, su- I assume she's going to be supporting the Wolves. I assume she's not a Celtics fan, but she'll be checking out the other uh, Wolves and Celtics um, next week. That should be a lot of fun. Speaking of Chanhassen, that's like one of my favorite lifetimes. It's the one in Chan. They remodeled it. They kind of, you know, it's one of my spots. You can, you can catch me there a lot. I haven't seen Chris there one time, but, you know. I'll yeah, see him one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure to to go down to Chanhassen to make sure that we uh, we live together. <laughs> All right, coming up next. You know, I said earlier that this was uh, my favorite time of year, but I'm not the only one. There's something about this week, this week specifically, that Christopher Tubbs absolutely loves. We get to that after meteorologist Paul Douglas for weather on the Lake Show. All right, winding down the show. This segment and next segment. But if you want to weigh in on the college basketball, wind down to the season as we get into March Madness, because March Madness is here, 651-461-9226. Also, we can take phone calls about the, the Minnesota Wild and the controversy that came up yesterday with the Pride jerseys not being worn during the warm-ups. And the reaction to that, if you have a take on that as well, 651-461-9226. As we started the show, I mentioned that this is my favorite time of year because I love March Madness. Uh, Chris, you're the same, Mm -hmm. but I think that specifically you love this week a little bit more because not only do we all love conference week, like in terms of like championship week, not conference week, but championship week, um, where you have all the cowboys have their championships, but you love watching the mid majors. Why I, so? I, I do. I really enjoy the mid majors because for you know ninety percent of these programs, the, these uh, conferences, they're not going to get an at large bid. 
So for the Summit League or the Horizon or, you know, the A-10 or the SWAC, like, you've got to win your conference tournament in order to get in. This is not the Big 12. This is not the Big 10. This is not, you know, the SEC. You've got to win. And and that's what I feel uh, that this is the best because – to me, it's, it's these kids, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, you get, you know, Purdue doesn't make it in for some reason. You know what? Some of these kids are going to have another opportunity if you decide that you want to come back for the most part, not always, but the opportunities are always there more in a power five to get that at large rather than in a, a mid major, unless you're like a, a Gonzaga or, you know, a same, some of these, these, um, programs that have had really good history and, and, you know, are, you know, annually successful. But for the most part, it's, it's a one bid conference. Yeah. Well, let me, let me mention this. Okay. Um, I love watching it here at the end of the year, especially the mid-majors. I'm like you. I love, well, you know me. I'm a geek. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch all the games. But beyond just the, just being in love with college basketball, the, the thing I love about the mid-major conferences this week is that you can get ahead of it in terms of doing your homework on the sleepers come March Madness, come the NCAA tournament. If you paid attention at all to the, the bracket buster weekend that happened back in January, or if you're paying attention to conference tournaments right now, I think that's a good thing. Because then when you're diving in to the brackets on Sunday evening, you'll know who to take a flyer on. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, that, yeah that's, you, a good, that's a good way of making some money. Yeah, you're looking, okay, you know, if Colgate gets a 13 and, you know, they, you know they've got a, a four match, you know, 13-4, do you pull the trigger on it? So, yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's fun. I just, you know, being a graduate of North Dakota State, you know, like I said, I mean, they used to be the old NCC, and and then you know it's it's now the 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 summit. Yeah, they league. got mollywopped. Yeah, they, they they did, but they were the first team in the history of the summit league to win a uh, you know an they NC, were. NCAA tournament game by beating Oklahoma yep. years ago. Uh, but it's just it's it's just a fun atmosphere when you're when you're there and you're covering these mid majors too. Because I, I covered the summit league when I was in Sioux Falls, you know, m- many many years and. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed, plus, I, I don't, I like to see the different gymnasiums. I like to see these different schools. I like to see these programs that are not typically highlighted, you know, like a college at Charleston, you know, things like that. So I, I don't know. I, I like to see something different, something unique. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was, what was the name of the station that you uh, hosted on in North Dakota? Uh, it was uh, KFGO and also uh, the ticket. Because somebody I was ta- somebody I was talking to on the phone over the weekend mentioned you and said they used to join you on your show, and I can't remember who that was. Really? Was it? Uh, yeah. It wasn't TJ. Okay. Oh man, that oh boy, that was year that yeah that was years ago. Yeah, I was on the I was on the mighty seven ninety KFGO and then uh, AM twelve eighty. The, the mighty seven ninety. That's a powerful uh, station. Right that there, is man. a yeah. That that is quite the signal coming out of Fargo Moorhead. It, it, it's not quite the heritage station that this is, 
but and, you know, KFGO's got some oh, ju- no. KF, KFGO's got some juice. Like, and I and I loved it. Like, I love my time in Fargo. I mean, they are all about you know North Dakota State, and you know, I got to see the fun rivalry with uh, with UND and Grand Forks. But see, now I'm curious who you might have talked to, and, and they brought me up because, man, I left Fargo back in 2000. I mean, I haven't been there in uh, 23 years. Yeah, I can't remember, man. Don't give me the lion, bro. It'll come back to me eventually at some point. Maybe I'll have to go through my call log and check and see who. Oh, oh, by the way, was. and uh, we got a, a call from someone. It was Chris Hansen yep. was the uh, the the person yeah, who. Yeah, I mentioned that to you. Oh, did you? Oh, well, I, it, was, it was it was in a commercial break. I said Chris, Chris Hansen was the guy. Yeah, oh. but you're right. Yeah, the text okay. line's right. Chris Hansen, he was the host of To Catch a Predator. Yes, yeah. I knew it was. I, I'm going to tell you what my show was. What's that? My show was the one where uh, – where the people were creeping on the girlfriends and, and boyfriends and all that. I can't remember the name. And then eventually there was one where I think the whole spot got stabbed, unfortunately. Cheaters. He lived, but cheaters. Yes, cheaters. And that was, uh, that, that, cheaters. was that, that was uh, Joey Greco that got stabbed on a boat. Yep, that's right. Yep. Because some of those explanations were just um, were crazy. Oh, man, I love cheaters. Like back in the day, oh, cheaters was you talk about a guilty pleasure. But I, I always thought it was just the, like the voiceovers and, and the writing was great. You know, Rebecca came home, but she did not see her fiance, Jonathan. But Jonathan at 559 p.m., <laughs> he went to the he went to the parking lot. And here he has a an unknown, uh, an unknown, unidentified female guest. And they go through a fast food restaurant, which is clearly like a McDonald's or something, right? And they're trying, I mean, it's just, but it was always in Texas. Like it was always in like Dallas. And I'm just like, oh, I love cheaters. Cheaters was, uh, that was one of my first guilty pleasures. I'll still watch it. It's not on TV anymore. I'm, I'm kind of bummed. <laughs> Man, that show, well, you can go by, you can, you can get the, uh, the old TV. Well, it is on TV though. I think now I, I'm not saying it, it's on at like, the best times for viewing. <laughs> so what do you I think? think that, well, it, it never was though. Yeah, I but, know, like, but back when cheaters was <laughs> back, back when cheaters was a thing, and we were all about it. Cheaters came on at like eleven o'clock at night. Uh, I, uh, you know, and now it's probably buried at like three o'clock on a Sunday morning, where like the just the the winos and people like me will you know have to get up just especially watch it because we forget to DVR it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying no, I've ever we'll done see. that, but you know, I'm just hypothetically. Yeah, you never done that? No. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, uh, we'll take our final break, come back. I do want to talk about the Gophers who are in action right now as we speak, facing Nebraska. Uh, The men are facing Nebraska here. Hopefully they can extend their season by at least a day. We'll talk about that next year on the Lake Show. All right, final couple minutes here on the Lake Show, and I do want to get into this because um, we should discuss this. And it has to do with the University of Minnesota men's basketball program. We saw last week that Lindsey Whalen was let go after the first-round exit here locally for the other uh, women's Big Ten tournament. Um, do I think that the University of Minnesota are going to let Ben Johnson go? I have no idea. I haven't inquired. I haven't talked to anybody specifically about this. But, I, but, but I'm bringing up the topic now because I would be concerned if the Gophers don't win tonight. I'm not saying that this is like a must win. The Gophers are 8-21. They're 2-17. and 17. 
if they win tonight, they're probably getting bounced tomorrow. But a win is a win. And and I think that, that Ben needs to get this win tonight. I don't I don't think that he should view this as he's safe, that he's legitimately absolutely locked in to get another year. Because most of us thought that Lindsey was going to get another year. Just based off of the recruiting and based off of the, the, the young talent that she had this year, everybody assumed, and I'll admit I was one of them, I thought that she was going to get at least another year. I know that Ben has not been there five years. Ben's been there a year and a half. This is his second year. He's, he's finishing up his second year. It doesn't matter how many years he's been there and what we know the situation is. The only person that cares about that is Mark Coyle. I think that Ben needs to somehow, some way, extend the season beyond tonight so that he doesn't put himself in a situation to where they let him go. So 8-21, and 21, not good. 2-17 and 17 in the Big Ten, not good. We know that. But... I think that one of the issues that Lindsay had, and I, I felt this way going into her game too, Chris, was that I didn't really view it as if she lost the game, it was all good. Like I think that there was some clearly Coyle had other ideas. So we'll see how this plays out, but I'm, I'm hoping the Gophers can pull this off tonight. Yeah, and I mean, right now, at last I saw, they were up. Uh, was it twenty eight twenty three right now? Uh, it's, no. it's thirty to twenty three. Yep, thirty to twenty three. Okay, with about five minutes left to go in the first half. So, you know, there there were not expectations on the Gophers coming in. I don't think the men or the women. I think everybody's looking yes to the women next year. And I mean, I I would hope that there would be a little bit of leeway given to Ben. But I mean, we saw that. I mean, Mark Coyle, he's not afraid to pull that trigger. And, yeah, in one sense, I think it is a little bit concerning. You, you know, I mean, you got to be a little like, oh, man, am I given enough time? Because, I mean, I, what is it? Like, maybe you don't have enough time as you normally would because you've got the transfer portal and you've got so many yep. other things. You don't have to wait for these freshmen, these kids to get on campus. You've got so many other resources to try and, you know, build up your, your player base. Yeah, it's it's – I just I don't want to look at tonight's basketball game and just assume. That's when we get ourselves in a little bit of trouble, Chris. I, I, that's the point of me bringing this up, is that everybody thought, okay, Lindsay's good, she's safe. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Ben's not safe. He's won eight games this year. They've won two games in the Big Ten. So, you know, you, you play tonight and you don't win against a terrible Nebraska team. And by the way, I said this from the start. I don't know why Freddie even thought about taking that job, Freddie Hoiberg, Hoiberg, because that's not a that's not a program you want to lead. It's not football school. Uh, there's a cap on how good you can be at Nebraska, and I just didn't see it. I, I mean, you know, sometimes a job is a job, right? You, you take it if somebody offers you a job, and I mean, do you feel like? Yeah, I because he was the mayor at Iowa State, though the mayor, well, and, and that's and that's just it. Like you think about what he was doing in Ames, 
he he ran that town like he could have done anything he wanted in Ames, but he owned that town. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why you would go from because you know I mean I well would, no 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 but but he went he went from he went from Iowa State to the Bulls right yes so 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 I I'm just I mean, you know I'm being I mean, that NBA checks a little bit different oh of course but at it. the end of the day. But at the end of the day, I, I was still surprised that he left Iowa State. I mean, at, at some point, though, you kind of go with the, you know, whoever's going to offer you a job, you're like, well, I mean, if Nebraska's going to bring me in, you know, it's a chance. You, you, Nebraska's not a, um, how do you put it nicely? This is not a, it's not a destination for college basketball coaches. It's one no. of those stops that it gets you from point A to point C. I mean, it's it's the second stop in getting to someplace else, and, and I mean that's just there are places like that. I, I would say the University of Minnesota probably is is one of those places that you know you come to Minnesota. Guess what? You're not coming to stay. You're you're coming to boost your resume and then see where else you can go that might be a better gig. You sure? Well, I mean, unless you're you know connected to the university like Ben Johnson is. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I don't think you've got all of these, you know, high-profile coaches would be coming here and saying, you know, this this is where I want to retire. No no disrespect, but, I mean, it's not exactly, you know, there are a lot of reasons yeah, why. Yeah, hard time. Yeah, I, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why the U of M is, they're, they're struggling right now. I mean, facilities, I mean, you know, NIL, just you get buried with all the other sports in town. I mean, if you come to the University of Minnesota, you are battling an uphill. I mean, yeah, you're in the Big Ten, but it's not like, you know, an Iowa City or Columbus or a Lincoln, you know, or, you know, 90% of the other schools in the Big Ten, like you, the Gophers don't run this town. And I think that's a detriment to them, unfortunately. Yeah, and we'll get into this. I may even get into it tomorrow. I'm definitely bringing up the NIL stuff tomorrow. Um, I got some thoughts about the U and their facilities, and I think that I'm going to take some people off tomorrow night. So we're definitely going to get into go for basketball. Okay. Because I think it impacts both the men and women. So we'll, that's definitely a topic tomorrow night on the show. But we'll, we'll see how things shake out, man, here tonight for Ben Johnson and the crew. Uh, currently, oh, nice, nice performance so far. 34-25 with three minutes remaining in the first half. Dawson Garcia, um, he has 11 points. I think he's leading all scores right now. So Dawson Garcia, and it's been kind of a bumpy, it's been a very inconsistent year for Dawson Garcia. Wasn't very good early, then he got injured, came back with a, you know, strong after the injury. But uh, let's see here. Dawson Garcia's got 11 Jamison Battle with eight, and this could be Jamison Battle's final game as a gopher. Yeah, it sounds like his name. There's speculation that he wants to go play overseas or something next year. Yeah, I, I thought I had seen the speculation that, that he was going to turn pro at the end of this. Yeah, now, you know, whether or not that means overseas or declaring for the draft. No, that's what the, that's what he meant. Oh, that's no, no, what no, he, no. Meant. he meant okay. that. He, he, he had no, he had no, you know, <laughs> he wasn't in, under any illusion that he was going to the Okay. From the Gopher program. Okay. I, I mean, I yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't exactly sure what you know what was going on with it. But here you are. You trying to put him in the lottery, man? What are you no, doing? Oh man, hey, you know, give us on, give us man. some good news. You know, trying to put my guy in the lottery. What's good? Well, what's wrong with that? You know, put him no, in the lottery. Let's go. I'm just messing. 
I mean, you, 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 you don't want you don't want him in the lottery. You're saying you don't want him to play in the I NBA. Do. I do. I'm I'm friends with his pops. Yep. Good family, man. Good family. His sister Amaya doing good things on the the women's team. So awesome. So it's all good. All right. That's going to wrap up the show. We got a full show tomorrow night. Three hours of more ridiculous sports conversation. Maybe some, maybe some hard hitting journalism. Most likely not. We'll oh. talk to you then. Henry Lake, Christopher Tubbs. It's the Lake Show. I'm going to do my best Joey Greco impression. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.